Powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. I'm Tony Richards, the master coach, here once again on Better Than Before on the C-Suite Radio Network. Welcome in, everybody. Hey, man, hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. A little bit different for me this year, a little bit different from all of us, or at least my family, as you know, and I covered uh, a couple of times before. My father passed away in November. So we had our first Thanksgiving without him. And then two weeks ago, we had our first day of his birthday. His birthday was on December 11th. That came and went without him. And now we've had our first Christmas without him. And while that is particularly sad, we made it, right? And so my mom made it, which is even more important. And trying to do some convalescing and healing of my leg from surgery back in October. So I had made the commitment to my doctor that I would not travel during Christmas because I had to make the break the news to my mom about that, not being able to come home to Kentucky for Christmas in a particularly unique and difficult one, first one without dad. And my mom, who's always a, may probably You know, I know everyone thinks their mom is special, but I got to tell you, from someone who really understands and knows people, let me tell you, I think my mom might be the best person I've ever met, just as a quality human being and always a giver, always thinking of others, always self-sacrificing. And of course, she said, of course, she didn't want me to travel home. She wants me to get better. So She was very understanding and supportive of me staying here in Columbia and not traveling to Kentucky for Christmas. So that helped, but it certainly was a different kind of holiday. Just me and Oreo here at home in Columbia for Christmas Eve and Christmas. And I could tell you some of the stories sometime if you're interested. I I don't know that you would be, but The times in my life when I was younger and probably had a whole lot more energy and was a whole lot more curious about some things, the times in my life where I have created and gotten into the most trouble were those times where I got bored. And I would come up with a way to (laughs) spend the time to entertain myself. And a lot of those things that I came up with got me into some interesting situations and some trouble. But Christmas Eve, I'm sitting here, just me and Oreo, and the thought starts coming into my mind about being here by myself and being Christmas and about my mom being by herself. Although I will tell you, this is one of the things that when people say, and I'm taking another little rabbit trail here real fast, but when people say they don't like change, And they don't like all the changes, especially with technology and things of that nature. I can tell you that my thought about that is I never want to go back. 
I never want to go back in time where there's just three channels or where we didn't have some things because Facebook in particular gave me two opportunities this Christmas that were real blessings for me anyway. And this is where being grateful for technology and the capabilities that it gives us over not liking the changes and not liking whatever. One of those was that on Christmas Eve, my brother, my sister-in-law, my niece and nephew, which is the extent of our family, it's really, really small. We have one brother and he has two children. So my nephew Tate and his girlfriend Bailey and my niece Ansley, who's seven, all went over to my mom's for Christmas Eve lunch this year. My brother was able to FaceTime me on the video call. And so we were able to talk and I got to see everybody on Christmas Eve. And of course, there's a little value in it, I guess, to them, but they got to see me. And they got to show me everything that they got on Christmas Eve. And I got to see and talk to mom. And we were able to see each other and talk back and forth on FaceTime. And that was that was a real blessing. And then the other one was that later on that night, on Christmas Eve, the thoughts of dad not being here this year and the thoughts of not being able to travel, not being able to be with my family, not being able to be with my mom. I was starting to think and meditate on being alone on Christmas Eve. And as those thoughts started to sort of take me down a little bit of a sad path, all of a sudden I got an idea. I thought, you know, I have got friends all over the United States who are celebrating Christmas tonight. Why don't I go on my Facebook page and wish everyone a Merry Christmas and set a goal of trying to get a Merry Christmas wish from friends in all 50 states in the U.S., which then subsequently turned into getting some Facebook posts from some friends of mine in foreign countries also. And so as of today, which is the day after Christmas, Monday the 26th, this will be out tomorrow, Tuesday the 27th. But as of right now, as I'm recording this, I got 32 from the United States, 32 different unique either states or territories or provinces or whatever you want to say. And then I got nine foreign countries, Merry Christmas wishes. So let me just run those down real fast. So... I got Merry Christmas wishes, of course, from Missouri, here where I live now, and I have lived here for the last, be 30 years here pretty soon. So Missouri was a shoe-in, right? And then Kentucky, of course, I know a lot of people all across the state of Kentucky. So here are the rest of the states, though. Tennessee, Arizona, Texas, Colorado, Florida, Kansas, Alabama, Virginia, Iowa, Massachusetts, South Carolina, Illinois, Mississippi, Indiana, Georgia, New York, Pennsylvania, Washington State, North Carolina, California, Oregon, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Maine, Ohio, Minnesota, Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, which is a territory, not a state, but I wanted to include it too, and Louisiana. And then the foreign countries, which were some really dear friends of mine. I was so glad to hear from them. But I heard from Great Britain or England, Spain, Mexico, Saudi Arabia, Philippines, France, Italy, 
Canada and Thailand. So some fantastic people. Yes, I was kind of focusing on the various states and foreign countries, but just some fantastic people that I heard from that I was so glad to get Christmas wishes from on my Facebook page. And I may have some more since I've been recording here as people are still seeing the post and participating and stuff after. I'll give you a final count next week on the next week program as we'll wrap that up here in a few days when Christmas turns into New Year's. If I get any more states in, well, I will tell you about that next week. Also, I've been saving up some questions that I have received by email. That is info, I-N-F-O, at clearvisiondevelopment.com. But while I was off after my leg surgery and we were running some best-of programs edited by Tessa Hall, our super engineer and producer, I'd gotten some interesting questions by people that I want to talk about probably next week and answer some of those questions that have come in. So for those of you who have sent questions and you've been waiting for me to do that, I'm going to do that next week on next week's show, which will be the first show of 2023. I also want to talk about, so one of the things about being home this holiday and not having anyone over, although my neighbors brought over, and I posted a picture of this on Facebook too, my neighbors who I don't really even know that well, they moved in this summer next door, but they're just a fabulous, wonderful couple. They brought me a nicely decorative snowman for Christmas. So I used it to decorate my home over by my Christmas tree. And I was just very thoughtful and extremely nice of them. And Kevin Clark, one of my clients, a CEO that I coach, he and his wife came by for a visit on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve morning. They dropped by to wish me a Merry Christmas. And she brought me some homemade molasses cookies. And I have had some of those and I'm saving some. I'm trying not to eat the whole plate all at one time, but those are just absolutely delicious. You know, your tongue will smack your brains out, eat nose, but they were great. But the other thing I was going to say is not having many people around to visit with on Christmas, giving me more time to read. And so I want to talk about the book I read in November that was my book of the month that I put out on social media. And then one of the books I was reading in December that I finished up that I want to talk about on a future episode. The book I read in November, which I read this book on purpose. Because when you're down a little bit, when, you know, I'd had the leg surgery, I was kind of ill and sick from some of the infection. I was on a strong antibiotics for quite some time. I'd be on them, then I'd go off of them for a little while to give my body a rest, then I'd go back on them to make sure we got all the infection defeated. And that was making me queasy and ill. And so you get to this point, it's like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get through this? You know, and then you start getting a little bit down on yourself and you start calling on every motivational trick in the book that you've got in your bag to keep yourself positive or whatever. And then losing my father and all that. But then I started thinking, I'm going to, which I love biographies. I always have. They're my favorite book to read is to take in the life of someone else. And I never fail to be affected positively by getting the lessons that someone else can provide by reading their biography without having to live their life or walk a mile in their shoes. I can get the benefit of everything they learned and their experiences by reading their biography. 
And I read one in November called All the Frequent Troubles of Our Days, the true story of the American woman at the heart of the German resistance to Hitler. And so the short main title is All the Frequent Troubles of Our Days. The author is Rebecca Donner, D-O-N-N-E-R. And my thinking was, if I can read the story of someone who had way more troubles and had way more pressure and was in way worse a situation to me than I am in, it's going to increase my gratitude a hundredfold by saying, hey, I'm not going through anything compared to what this person went through. And that did work. I mean, I had a whole new viewpoint on life and a whole lot more positive reinforcement after I read this story. And the lady in the story or in the book, it's a true story of Mildred Harnack. And I will read you the summary of the book. Born and raised in Milwaukee, Mildred Harnack was 26 when she enrolled in a Ph.D. program in Germany and witnessed the meteoric rise of the Nazi party. In 1932, she began holding secret meetings in her apartment, a small band of political activists that by 1940 had grown into the largest underground resistance group in Berlin. She recruited working-class Germans into the resistance, helped Jews escape, plotted acts of sabotage, add collaborative writing leaflets that denounced Hitler and called for revolution. Her co-conspirators circulated through Berlin under the cover of night, slipping the leaflets into mailboxes, public restrooms, phone booths, and other places. When the first shots of the Second World War were fired, she became a spy, currying the top-secret intelligence documents to the Allies. On the eve of her escape to Sweden, she was ambushed by the Gestapo, and at a military court, a panel of five judges sentenced her to six years at a prison camp, but Adolf Hitler overruled that decision and ordered her to be executed. On February 16, 1943, she was strapped to a guillotine and was beheaded. Historians identify Mildred Harnack as the only American in the leadership of the German resistance, yet her remarkable story has remained almost unknown until now. Harnack's great-great-niece, Rebecca Donner, she's the one who wrote the book, draws on her extensive archival research in Germany, Russia, England, and the U.S., as well as newly uncovered documents in her family archive to produce this astonishing work of narrative nonfiction. Fusing elements of biography, real-life political thriller, and scholarly detective work, Donner brilliantly interweaves letters, diary entries, notes smuggled out of a Berlin prison, survivor's testimonies, and a trove of declassified intelligence documents into a powerful epic story reconstructing the moral courage of an enigmatic woman nearly erased by history. I love this book. It definitely accomplished its intended purpose. I felt so much better. I got out of the doldrums and got enthusiastic and positive because I am in no way going through anything compared to this woman. Just fantastic. I mean, I had no idea. And this book was written last year. As a matter of fact, it was the New York Times most notable book of 2021. 
It was the New York Times critic top pick of 2021. It was Wall Street Journal's, one of their 10 best books of 2021. It was a New York Public Library Book of the Week. I mean, it won all kinds of awards, and yet I had not heard of it. It was the winner of the National Book Critics Circle Award for biographies last year, and I had not heard of it. And just by chance, I stumbled across a mention of it while I was reading something else, and I got so intrigued by just the little piece, which was just a couple of sentences Instead of what I read to you, which was a long description of what the book is about, I just happened to hit on a couple of sentences about this book. And I'm like, that's the most amazing, most interesting thing I have read in quite some time. I got to read this book. It's called All the Frequent Troubles of Our Days. And the author is Rebecca Donner. And it is the story of Mildred Harnack leading the resistance in World War II. And I would highly recommend you getting that and reading that. Just fantastic. This month in December, I'm reading a book that was the winner of the National Academy of Sciences Best Book Award in 2012. It was selected by the New York Times Book Review as one of the 10 best books of 2011. It was one of the Economist Magazine's 2011 Books of the Year. It was a President Medal of Freedom recipient book winner not long ago. And it's called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. And he's a renowned psychologist, and he also won the Nobel Prize in economics. And, of course, it fits right into the work I do. And just some fascinating, interesting stuff about how our thinking functions between System 1 and System 2. And I'm going to take much more time in an episode here over the next couple of weeks to talk about some of the things that I learned in this book. Some of the things I had known and had coached people and used with people intuitively through logical deduction based on other things that I had learned and have known over the years. But to have the scientific data of how it operates, why it operates that way, and what kinds of things it causes in human beings is just tremendous. If you're interested in understanding more about how you think and why you think that way and how that functions, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, K-A-H-N-E-M-A-N, is the spelling of his last name. It is just a fantastic book, and I would highly recommend it. But I'll be finishing that up this week. And like I said, I'm going to hit some things in detail that I learned from the book coming up in future episode. Wow. So we're here at the end of 2022. This coming weekend, we'll celebrate New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. We'll say goodbye to 2022. We will welcome in 2023. 2022 was not a year that was short on things happening. COVID was still with us, although its effects had been limited, and then all of a sudden, it just seemed like it would flare up again, and you'd hear of more and more people getting it about the time you thought that the vaccine and just people being more cautious and careful and all had stamped it down to where it was almost not being manifested in people. You'd hear a big flare-up, or kids were coming home with it, or People, it was going through, I know in a couple of my clients, there were at least a couple of instances this year where it was almost like we were back in the pandemic with people getting it again. 
we had that still, and I guess we'll have that for the rest of our lives with that particular virus. A couple other things that I think are notable to mention is that, and this one speaks to a couple of the questions that I got that I'm going to answer coming up in future episodes. But one of the significant, especially economic events that happened this year was that inflation got out of control. And that was due to all the liquidity in the market, all the additional money that was pumped in to the marketplace, all the money printing that the Fed did, and all the economic relief checks that were sent out to people, all the business lending that the government did during the pandemic, that all the chickens were starting to come home to roost this year. As inflation got up at one point over 9%. And so, as I said, some of the questions that I want to answer will speak to a lot of it, but we saw a lot higher prices in commodities and other things. Just about every sector of things that we were buying were costing a whole lot more money as the Fed raised interest rates to try to combat inflation. That also hurts you on the debt side of things then also, which if you're not careful, and I, they may have already done it, we don't know until they stop and let this thing play out for a while. We won't really know, but it may have already created a debt crisis, not only here in the United States, but I mean, in really poor, where the economies are really negative to not very good, those countries could really be in trouble. We've seen in the last week or so, we've seen uh, Japan, their central bank do a lot of things because their economy is really in trouble. But of course, what the Federal Reserve has always said they were trying to do is they're trying to get us a soft landing, which is have a short or avoid altogether a recession. Some people would argue we're already in a recession. Some people would say because of the technical definition, we're not. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you're in a descriptive technical recession or not when people don't have money because everything is sky high and they have a hard time affording to live you're in one whether it's classically defined or not a lot of times it's not even logical or factual it's how people feel about the environment economic environment they're navigating so when you have people on social media they're posting their grocery receipt and it's in the four and five hundred dollar range from going to the grocery store to feed a family of three or four you know inflation is pretty high again i'm going to address some more of this stuff and answer some of the questions that i got but inflation rising was a huge huge deal in 2022 and it's gonna carry over for the next few years and then the other big event in 22, unfortunately, was the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, which also created some economics going on that were not positive. And, of course, just the negative nature of war altogether and the terrible conditions it created, not only the terrible conditions it created for the people of Ukraine, but the terrible conditions it created for the people of Russia and also the surrounding countries in Europe. It's just a negative event, and we hope and pray for the end of that conflict in 2023 and keep our hopes and our prayers 
very targeted and focused on coming to a resolution to end that in the coming year. That's at least one of my great wishes and hopes and dreams for next year is that inflation would subside. Everyone would be able to be more comfortable with what their dollar will buy and purchase for them. And people would be not under the fear of military invasion and the loss of family members in war and conflict. It's just the end to all that would be my hope and prayer for 2023. And I hope you make a list for your prayer list for 2023 and put those things on there as well, as well as the other things that touch your heart and make you a human being. Well, that's what I wanted to cover with you today on today's program. Wanted to give you those book recommendations. Wish you a very Merry Christmas. I hope it was one of the best ever for you, your loved ones, your friends, and your family. I want to wish you a very happy and prosperous 2023. I want to remind you to please be very, very careful on New Year's Eve in my later years. And I know I'm not the only one who's ever said this. It became a popular saying after a while, but I remember I was saying it way back there that New Year's Eve is amateur night and I wasn't going to get out with the amateurs. I was going to stay home where it's nice and safe. But if you are going out to celebrate and if you are going to someone's home or out to a nightclub or a bar or something like that, I want to encourage you to use Uber, to use taxis, to use some kind of car service, use a designated driver. Take every precaution you possibly can to make sure everyone is safe going into the new year. There's nothing wrong with celebrating, but make sure that you're using precautions that you don't endanger your life and even more importantly, the lives of others due to your actions. But with all that being said, I want to wish you a very happy and prosperous 2023, a wonderful celebratory New Year's Eve. Do it upright and say goodbye to 22 and hello to 23 in your own unique and creative and awesome way. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4. You can sign up for my free Facebook page, Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. Special thanks as always to my super producer, Tessa Hall, who puts these episodes together. And until we visit again next week here on Better Than Before on the C-Suite Radio Network, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.